Hey everyone, it's Millie. It's Gabby. And we're back for another week of Change by Degrees with the second installment of Scary Bedtime Stories. Yes. Um, we will wrap up this story and tell you our thoughts on it. So if you didn't hear the episode from the week before, you're going to be really confused. So go back Yeah, you might want to get um, Unless you like starting in the middle of a story and not knowing what's going on and not knowing anything, then start with this episode. I mean, but don't. Probably most people don't want to do that. Um, but I'm like on the edge of my seat, so we're just gonna get straight into it. And hopefully we don't mess it up. We probably will, but it's fine. So uh, let me what's the little director's block? Uh, there you go. You the clapboard? See, yeah, clapboard. That was my clapboard. I know, I was like, wait, <laughs> clapboard. <laughs> <clears throat> It's beginning, whispered a voice at his elbow, which he hardly recognized as his aunt's. He nodded acquiescence, taking out his watch to note the time. It was 15 minutes before midnight. He made the entry of exactly what had occurred in his notebook, setting the candle in his case upon the floor in order to do so. It took a moment or two to balance it safely against the wall. Aunt Julia always declared that at this moment, she was not actually watching him, but had turned her head towards the inner room, where she fancied she heard something moving. But at any rate, both positively agreed that there came a sound of rushing feet, heavy and very swift. In the next instant, the candle was out. But Shorthouse himself had come more than this, and he has always thanked his fortunate stars that it came to him alone and not to his aunt too. For as he rose from the stooping position of balancing the candle, and before it was actually extinguished, a face thrust itself forward so close to his own that he could almost have touched it with his lips. It was a face working with passion, a man's face, dark with thick features and angry savage eyes. It belonged to a common man, and it was evil in its ordinary normal expression, no doubt. But as he saw it alive with intense, aggressive emotion, it was a malignant and terrible human countenance. There was a moment of the air, nothing but the sound of rushing feet, stockinged or muffled feet, the apparition of the face, and the almost simultaneous extinguishing of the candle. In spite of himself, Shorthouse uttered a little cry, nearly losing his balance as his aunt clung to him with her whole weight in one moment of real, uncontrollable terror. She made no sound, but simply seized him bodily. Fortunately, however, she had seen nothing, but had only heard the rushing feet, for her control returned almost at once, and he was able to disentangle himself and strike a match. The shadows ran away on all sides before the glare, and his aunt stooped down and groped for the cigar case with the precious candle. Then they discovered that the candle had not been blown out at all. It had been crushed out. The wick was pressed down into the wax, which was flattened as if by some smooth, heavy instrument. How his companion so quickly overcame her terror, Shorthouse never properly understood, but his admiration for her self-control increased tenfold, and at the same time served to feed his own dying flame, for which we, he was undeniably grateful. Equally inexplicable to him was the evidence of physical force that he had just witnessed. He at once suppressed the memory of stories he had heard of physical mediums and their dangerous phenomena. For if these were true, and either his aunt or himself was unwittingly a physical medium, it meant that they were simply aiding to focus the forces of a haunted house already charged to the brim. It was like walking with unprotected lamps among uncovered stores of gunpowder. 
So, with as little reflection as possible, he simply relit the candle and went up to the next floor. The arm in his trembled, it is true, and his own tread was often uncertain, but they went on with thoroughness. And after a search revealing nothing, they climbed the last flight of stairs to the top floor of all. Here they found a perfect nest of small servants' rooms with broken pieces of furniture, dirty cane-bottomed chairs, chests of drawers, cracked mirrors, and decrepit bedsteads. The rooms had low sloping ceilings already hung here and there with cobwebs, small windows, and badly plastered walls, a depressing and dismal region which they were glad to leave behind. It was on the stroke of midnight when they entered a small room on the third floor, close to the top of the stairs, and arranged to make themselves comfortable for the remainder of their adventure. It was absolutely bare and was said to be the room, then used as a clothes closet, into which the infuriated groom had chased his victim and finally caught her. Outside, across the narrow landing, began the stairs leading up to the floor above and the servants' quarters where they had just searched. In spite of the chilliness of the night, there was something in the air of this room that cried for an open window. But there was more than this. Shorthouse could only describe it by saying that he felt less master of himself here than in any other part of the house. There was something that acted directly on the nerves, tiring the resolution, and feebling the will. He was conscious of this result before he had been in the room five minutes, and it was in the short time they stayed there that he suffered the wholesale depletion of his vital forces, which was, for himself, the chief horror of the whole experience. They put the candle on the floor of the cupboard, leaving the door a few inches ajar, so that there was no glare to confuse the eyes, and no shadow to shift about on walls and ceiling. Then they spread the cloak on the floor and sat down to wait, with their backs against the wall. Shorthouse was within two feet of the door onto the landing. His position commanded a good view of the main staircase leading down into the darkness, and also of the beginning of the servant's stairs going to the floor above. The heavy stick lay beside him within easy reach. The moon was now high above the house. Through the open window, they could see the comforting stars like friendly eyes watching in the sky. One by one, the clocks of the town struck midnight, and when the sounds died away, the deep silence of a windless night fell again over everything. Only the boom of the sea, far away and lugubrious, filled the air with hollow murmurs. Inside the house, the silence became awful. Awful, he thought, because any minute now, it might be broken by sounds of portending terror. The strain of waiting told more and more severely on the nerves. They talked in whispers when they talked at all, for their voices aloud sounded queer and unnatural. A chilliness, not altogether due to the night air, invaded the room and made them cold. The influences against them, whatever these might be, were slowly robbing them of self-confidence and the power of decisive action. Their forces were on the wane, and the possibility of real fear took on a new and terrible meaning. He began to tremble for the elderly woman by his side, whose pluck could hardly save her beyond a certain extent. He heard the blood singing in his veins. It sometimes seemed so loud that he fancied it prevented his hearing properly, certain other sounds that were beginning very faintly to make themselves audible in the depths of the house. Every time he fastened his attention on these sounds, they instantly ceased. They certainly came no nearer. Yet he could not rid himself of the idea that movement was going on somewhere in the lower regions of the house. The drawing room floor, where the doors had been so strangely closed, seemed too near. The sounds were further off than that. He thought of the great kitchen, with the scurrying black beetles, and of the dismal little scullery. 
but somehow or other, they did not seem to come from there either. Surely they were not outside of the house. Then, suddenly, the truth flashed into his mind, and for the space of a minute he felt as if his blood had stopped flowing and turned to ice. The sounds were not downstairs at all, they were upstairs. Upstairs, somewhere among those horrid, gloomy little servants' rooms, with their bits of broken furniture, low ceilings, and cramped windows. Upstairs, where the victim had first been disturbed and stalked to her death. And the moment he discovered where the sounds were, he began to hear them more clearly. It was the sound of feet moving stealthily along the passage overhead, in and out among the rooms, and past the furniture. He turned quickly to steal a glance at the motionless figure seated beside him, to note whether she had shared his discovery. The faint candlelight coming through the crack in the cupboard door threw her strongly marked face into vivid relief against the white of the wall. But it was something else that made him catch his breath and stare again. An extraordinary something had come into her face and seemed to spread over her features like a mask. It smoothed out the deep lines and drew the skin everywhere a little tighter so that the wrinkles disappeared. It brought into the face, with the sole exception of the old eyes, an appearance of youth and almost of childhood. He stared in speechless amazement, amazement that was dangerously near to horror. It was his aunt's face indeed, but it was her face of 40 years ago, the vacant, innocent face of a girl. He had heard stories of that strange effect of terror which could wipe a human countenance clean of other emotions, obliterating all previous expressions, but he had never realized that it could be literally true or could mean anything so simply horrible as what he now saw. For the dreadful signature of overmastering fear was written plainly in that utter vacancy of the girlish face beside him. And when, feeling his intense gaze, she turned to look at him, he instinctively closed his eyes tightly to shut out the sight. Yet, when he turned a minute later, his feelings well in hand, he saw to his intense relief another expression. His aunt was smiling. And though the face was deathly white, the awful veil had lifted and the normal look was returning. Anything wrong? was all he could think of to say at the moment. And the answer was eloquent, coming from such a woman. I feel cold and a little frightened, she whispered. He offered to close the window, but she seized hold of him and begged him not to leave her side, even for an instant. It's upstairs, I know, she whispered with an odd half laugh, but I can't possibly go up. But Shorthouse thought otherwise, knowing that in action lay their best hope of self-control. He took the brandy flask and poured out a glass of neat spirit, stiff enough to help anybody over anything. She swallowed it with a little shiver. His only idea now was to get out of the house before her collapse became inevitable, but this could not safely be done by turning tail and running from the enemy. Inaction was no longer possible. Every minute he was growing less master of himself and desperate. Aggressive measures were imperative without further delay. Moreover, the action must be taken towards the enemy, not away from it. The climax, if necessary and unavoidable, would have to be faced boldly. He could do it now, but in 10 minutes, he might not have the force left to act for himself, much less for both. Upstairs, the sounds were meanwhile becoming louder and closer, accompanied by occasional creaking of the boards. Someone was moving stealthily about, stumbling now and then awkwardly against the furniture. Waiting a few moments to allow the tremendous dose of spirits to produce its effect, and knowing this would last but a short time under the circumstances, Shorthouse then quietly got on his feet, saying in a determined voice, Now, Aunt Julia, we'll go upstairs and find out what all this noise is about. You must come too. It's what we agreed. 
He picked up his stick and went to the cupboard for the candle. A limp form rose shakily behind him, breathing hard, and he heard a voice say very faintly something about being ready to come. The woman's courage amazed him. It was so much greater than his own, and as they advanced, holding aloft the dripping candle, some subtle force exhaled from this trembling, white-faced old woman at his side that was the true source of his inspiration. It held something really great that shamed him and gave him the support without which he would have proved far less equal to the occasion. They crossed the dark landing, avoiding with their eyes the deep black space over the banisters. Then they began to mount the narrow staircase to meet the sounds, which minute by minute grew louder and near. About halfway up the stairs, Aunt Julia stumbled, and Shorthouse turned to catch her by the arm. And just at that moment, there came a terrific crash in the servants' corridor overhead. It was instantly followed by a shrill, agonized scream that was a cry of terror and a cry for help melted into one. Before they could move aside or go down a single step, someone came rushing along the passage overhead, blundering horribly, racing madly at full speed, three steps at a time, down the very staircase where they stood. The steps were light and uncertain, but close behind them sounded the heavier tread of another person, and the staircase seemed to shake. Shorthouse and his companion just had time to flatten themselves against the wall when the jumble of flying steps was upon them, and two persons, with the slightest possible interval between them, dashed past at full speed. It was a perfect whirlwind of sound breaking in upon the midnight silence of the empty building. The two runners, pursuer and pursued, had passed clean through them where they stood, and already with a thud the boards below had received first one, then the other. Yet they had seen absolutely nothing, not a hand or arm or face or even a shred of flying clothing. There came a second's pause. Then the first one, the lighter of the two, obviously the pursued one, ran with uncertain footsteps into the little room which Shorthouse and his aunt had just left. The heavier one followed. There was a sound of scuffling, gasping, and smothered screaming, and then out onto the landing came the step of a single person treading weightily. A dead silence followed for the space of half a minute, and then was heard a rushing sound through the air. It was followed by a dull, crashing thud in the depths of the house below, on the stone floor of the hall. Utter silence reigned after. Nothing moved. The flame of the candle was steady. It had been steady the whole time, and the air had been undisturbed by any movement whatsoever. Palsied with terror, Aunt Julia, without waiting for her companion, began fumbling her way downstairs. She was crying gently to herself, and when Shorthouse put his arm around her and half carried her, he felt that she was trembling like a leaf. He went into the little room and picked up the cloak from the floor, and arm in arm, walking very slowly, without speaking a word or looking once behind them, they marched down the three flights into the hall. In the hall, they saw nothing, but the whole way down the stairs, they were conscious that someone followed them, step by step. When they went faster, it was left behind, and when they went more slowly, it caught them up. But never once did they look behind to see, and at each turning of the staircase, they lowered their eyes for fear of the following horror they might see upon the stairs above. With trembling hands, Shorthouse opened the front door, and they walked out into the moonlight and drew a deep breath of the cool night air blowing in from the sea. So, yep. that was the end of the story. That was the end. I don't know how I feel about that. 
because here's the thing our experience was a little bit different because we messed up like every single word not we're not that bad but i will say even with all their mistakes i still was very like engaged in certain too. parts of the story yeah. which was surprising and i was like actually realized what was happening because i was i was too afraid that like me reading and having to focus on when i was going to come in would like mess up my understanding mm-hmm. of the story but it really didn't and uh there's a lot going on i some of the wording kind of cracked me up a little bit <laughs> just words we don't use nowadays yeah. but if you go past that it's actually a pretty good story yeah i mean i i can't really speak to it as a person who knows literature um deeply but <laughs> it's more gabby's yeah but you can uh, say if you liked it or not oh i did like it yeah i don't i don't usually read this genre i will say yeah i it wasn't my favorite horror short story I've ever read in my whole life, but I thought it was pretty good. I it did not expect the way I thought it was going to end. I thought it was going to end poorly in the sense of like, <laughs> that's just, someone dies. <laughs> that's just what I say when I'm like watching TV or something. I'm like, this is going to end poorly or I'm reading a book. I'm like, this is going to end poorly. But um, I mean, what I mean by that is right. like, this is not going to work out for this person. Right. Like something is going to go awry. Um, but they got out the house alive, both of them. I thought the aunt was going to be also, obliterated. I, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I thought that the aunt was like the ghost or that she wasn't. Cause you know how some stories and my mom shared some with me before that the, the actual person's like dead. They're not really oh, there. Yes, so I yes. thought maybe it was like that she was the girl who yeah. was killed. So that's 40 her years weird ago, connection and or that's whatever. Her weird connection. And she was going to like, then the house was going to take her or whatever. Like it was yeah. a figment of his imagination or or something like that. Yeah. I thought that would be like a more interesting twist. That's what Some, I was getting from it. And then there was like two people racing and they well, went upstairs. Well, it was the stable man and, and the, well, presumably the ghost of the yes. stable man and the girl or whatever. But um, my whole thing is, I mean, I, I, I do like that we're never told like why they're going to this house in the first place. Like his aunt is literally like, hey, I have the key to this, this haunted house. Let's we should go. This. And he's like, okay. Like, there's literally no explanation, which also lends itself to, like, the horror genre. A lot of times, I think, with, like, short mm. stories and stuff, like, if it's, like, fantasy or, or like, um, horror or sci-fi, they try to not give tons of context because mm-hmm. even narrative is comforting for people. Right. So when you're not given, like, background, that can be equally as, like, mysterious disturbing. and, like, yeah. disturbing for people. So I did like that. I am just confused at this lady on a character level because she's like, let's go to this house. I'm like, totally not going to be afraid if you're not afraid. And her nephew like doesn't care. And he's like, okay. And then they get there and she's like immediately like, I do not want to do this. And I'm like, sis, can you like, please I, she was make up your, there. she didn't say that explicitly, yeah. but she was really like, ah, like I'm so scared right now. And this man yeah. is like, well, this was your idea. Yeah. And I'm also confused because I don't get certain things happening in the story. Like, when her countenance turn, turn like super young i'm like what do yeah. they mean by that like i'm sure the author whatever his name is meant something well i think by it's just adding that in or if that was just a whole like just a spooky part of the story yeah i think but, that's just supposed to be like like when you know well because he said cause I'm, the type, I thought it was, I'm the type of reader who wants to know like why that has some sort of significance behind it but it i guess not it's, just there, like, it's just could be so like wait oh, okay so i really like the way he um wrote that though just because I'm trying to find the spot where I really liked the way it was written. Um, 
Oh, yeah. An extraordinary something had come into her face and seemed to spread over her features like a mask. Um, it smoothed out the deep lines and drew the skin mm, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I really a little tired so that the wrinkles disappeared. It brought into the face with the sole exception of the old eyes and appearance of youth and almost childhood. I think for that and then following mm-hmm. um, talking about her face, I think it was just like when you're so terrified of something that it mm. literally just like no expression. And so right. so I don't think it, she was literally turned to right, look like 40 years ago. He was ago, describing but how, how like just she was so terrified that it just blank expression completely mm. over her face um yeah it could wipe a human countenance clean of other emotions obliterating all previous expressions so it's kind of yeah i, I like the way that was written i don't think it had any significance other than she was just like really scared um, and i got super into it when he realized that the sounds were coming from upstairs mm-hmm. which i was a little confused because i thought they were at the top floor somebody was like well, they the moved around a lot they yeah. moved around a lot so i couldn't exactly place where they were in the house or what, like you said, like the goal behind it was. Yeah. She was just like, we're going to go to this house. Yeah, we're never told. Um, I really wish there was like some more like insinuation of like a connection between the aunt or one of the characters yeah. and the people who like haunted the house. She's a thrill I feel like seeker. that would be interesting, but um, obviously the author thought, no, that's not, that's not what he this is like, about. He was like, listen, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And, um, but I do think the way he describes certain things was really really effective i again i haven't read lots of horror so i don't know how this compares um with other like in regards of like setting and the words he's using you're like blood being turned to ice i think that's really interesting and visual but i I guess for some people that might not really do it for them i think i mean it's hard because horror is very visual i've always think about i've always thought about horror very visually so i'm like trying to portray that with words can be hard like they can fall short yeah. there's only so much you can do so usually if there's like dialogue or for me him describing the sounds did more in like scaring me or like getting me into the story mm-hmm. than the visual component mm-hmm. which well i think also with a, a like this is a super i'm curious when this was let me look up really fast when this was published because um this is a super like classic like we all know like at least a movie or a book, we can name one at mm. least, if not several, about a house that's haunted. Like, that's mm-hmm. a super classic, um, you know, trope, I guess, mm. in horror is to have, like, a house that's haunted or right. something in the house or whatever. Um, but, okay, so it was p- originally published in 1906. So, I don't know, back then. It's funny because, like, now we look at things, like, we look at, like, the trope of a haunted house as being super cliche right but in 1906 it probably wasn't super cliche Mm -hmm. it was because it's now we look at it as cliche but back then 100 plus years ago it wasn't as because it's like you know time has over the over those 100 years that have passed now has been more and more redone and redone Mm -hmm. but 1906 it could have been like whoa haunted house i've never heard this before like obviously there are stories of haunted house before 1906 but like Mm -hmm. not as much as we have now Obviously, they didn't have movies to be like, this haunted house. Or like, The Conjuring, obviously, is like a huge one of like a haunted house <laughs> mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, so, yeah, I just think I really enjoyed like the first page, like the first few paragraphs I thought did like a really good job of um, like describing not the house itself, but in general, like what haunted houses and like what makes them different. And so in the first paragraph, he talks about um, blah, 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 um. An aroma of evil deeds committed under a particular roof long after the actual doers have passed away that makes the goose flesh um, come in the hair rise. 
Uh, and then he goes into the actual house and like there was nothing different about it except for like right. this presence of evil that is there and blah, blah, blah. So I really liked that. Um, and it reminded me because in high school, I read a lot of like older novels. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like the beginning, I was like, why is this reminding me of um, <clears throat> I read The Scarlet Letter. And yeah, it opens with a description of the house that the lady is in and how many gables it had. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah. But it kind of reminded me of that. But I did think it did a good job of like describing it and like setting the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just definitely, these characters. I definitely didn't expect like, I don't know, the aunt to live. Also, I hate how now looking back, I'm like, wow. Yeah, like, wants the aunt dead. The guy. No, I'm just saying like, this is her stupid idea. So I don't understand, <laughs> but I, I, whatever. Also her being like, come visit me for the weekend. And he does. And he's like, so what are we doing? And she's like, I'm going to go to a haunted house. I'd be like, so you literally brought, like you dragged me out here to do this stupid. I'd be like, that's what, like what? So the setting was set well, but the premise is a little weak, but I don't think you need a strong premise for a horror story because it's about what's scary about what's happening in the action of the thing. But it is, it is pretty like weak in that regard. Because I feel like it was just stuck in my mind the whole time. I'm like, why are they even doing this? Also, I'm confused because she said, so she got the keys, which how she obtained them. Who knows? You don't need to know. Um, So she got the keys or whatever, but then they're not really supposed to be there. I don't know. Cause then they go into the house. She's like, I got the key. So she has a key from somebody from somewhere or she stole it. I don't really know what this aunt's deal is. I feel like she has a whole secret background. We don't even know about. I swear she is the, um, the lady who got killed. Well, no, cause her ghost I'm went gonna, by. I'm gonna, doesn't matter. That, that's what okay. I'm, that's my You're story coming and to I'm a sticking to it. That is super great. Um, but then like later when they go into the house, they make sure that the candle isn't like all up in the windows. So people can't see and they shut the blinds. So I'm like, are y'all allowed to be here or not? Like, I'm confused. How did you get this key? Anyway, I don't really know. But um, also it took him a minute and a half to get into this daggone house because he kept fumbling with the key and the lock and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then he dropped the matches in the doorway. And I'm like, sis, I'm going to need you to get it together. It was, like, it was please. messy getting into it. Um, they were scared before they even went in. So I'm like, what? once again, like, why are, what is the point? But- I'm going to just hang out in the scullery. The scullery. Yeah. There's tons of, again, some words that were just cracking me up. Like, he's been calling her Aunt Julia aunt this whole time. And there was one line I had to say with Auntie. And I was cracked up because I'm just like, what? Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was, uh, it was good. Uh, it was good. I just, I just don't understand. I just, I'm stuck on the aunt. I just don't understand her, her life. You That's don't have okay. to understand. Actually, I think out of the two characters, the aunt was probably more interesting. Then Short House. And Short House. Short House was just like along for the ride. Correct. Confused as to what he was doing with his life. It's just so that you know what's going on with the aunt. Because it's from his perspective. Yeah. So. He's a little. It's, we're seeing it through his eyes. But he was scared the whole time. Apparently. I mean. But also not because. He's like looking to his aunt and saying like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's so from his perspective as third person. But st- he doesn't seem like a super reliable person. I don't know. He's okay. I'm just stuck on the aunt. Like, I just don't like her because I'm like, sis, this was your you idea. Want her to die. And, no, I don't want her to die. I'm just like, this was your idea. And you're such a like non-active participant in short house <laughs> has to be like, we're going to go do this now. We're going to do this. We're going to. And I'm like, okay, so why are you here? Like, but why? But also like. She, she was acting don't... like she was along for the ride when short house was like, you dragged me out here for the weekend, Aunt Julia. So that's. I, I mean, yeah. Short house, I'd like, be like, I'm going the... home. You know, we'll go upstairs and find out what all this noise is about. You must come, to, you know, too. It's what we agreed. What did you agree? That you're going to go, like, accompany her? Like, I No, just, that I you were... That... And then they were in the room, and I'm like, you're going to sleep there? So just sleep over? 
Uh, yeah, house. he was like, like I, I, I don't they put like the cloak or whatever down, and I was like, "So are y'all hanging out here for the whole weekend? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I don't know." But um, yeah, I don't really know. But uh, Shorthouse seems to be like, even though he was dragged along for the ride and dragged out here from wherever he lives for the weekend by his aunt, he's like, "Okay, we're gonna go do this. We're gonna do-. like." I would be like, literally, I'm going home. I'm leaving. So this who's is the dumb. main character? Like, is it about uh, Shorthouse? I would say Shorthouse because it's from the his girl third who, person perspective. Who dies? Like, well, what's what's it about? What do we get from that? I don't need to get anything from it. Oh, okay. Story. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I I wouldn't if I had to pick a th- if I had to pick a theme from this story. If I had to pick a li- if I had to go back to my college literary days, and my professor said, "What's the theme of this story?" The I would, aunt sucks. I, well, yeah, I'd That'd say the me. aunt me, is annoying. Your class. I'd, I mean, half of the people in my class would be like, "The aunt is annoying," and be like, "Okay, but actually pick a theme," and I'd be like, "Oh, um, I don't know." Um, dead things. That's not a theme, but it's all I got right now. I mean, I can't disagree. Yeah, I don't know. And this was a good introduction for me. I just wanted it to end differently. I wanted somebody. Like, what to, would be more satisfying for me? Yeah, like they're going down the stairs. I don't know. Something it dramatic to them, happen, and yeah. maybe the it could grab the aunt's soul because she is the girl. And take her into the no, house. No, I don't think that. I, I, I wouldn't. Know. I wouldn't I, enjoy I really, that. I would find I, that so satisfying. I but. would want. I don't know. Something like one of them is stuck somehow there. I don't want one of those stupid things. And when I was in when I was in class, this was actually a rule for most of my creative writing classes that we couldn't do. And if we did it, we would automatically fail. Um, <laughs> was if we were turning in like a short story or something. There was like three rules. It couldn't end with the person waking up. Like their whole. The whole story you wrote hmm. was a dream because that's a cop out to be like. And then she woke up because that you don't have to type loose ends if it's a dream. Like, so we couldn't do that. Hmm. The character, the main character couldn't be dead. So they couldn't be like, I discovered I was dead the whole time. We couldn't do that. And we couldn't. There was another thing. I remember. But those two stick in my mind because they really cracked me up. But and my professor said, like, if I read your story and I get to the end and the person is either dreaming and wakes up from the dream or is dead, is dead you will fail screaming and but um, it's so funny because i remember uh, a poem i read once that it was this guy driving um back and forth like from work to home and he would pass someone on the side of the road and it was actually him and he had died in an accident whatever a week later a week earlier that's a very poor portrayal of what yeah. the poem was but i'm like that would be interesting but she would say like no yeah the main character can't be dead yeah because it's just kind of a cop-out like if you're using it as like an actual device and it's a good story then i'm i'm sure you'd be able to be like okay let's talk about this but i feel like a lot of people just don't know how to end things so they're like and then he woke up (laughs) so or and actually he was dead and it makes like no it's we call it like well it was in greek mythology but now it's like carried over into like other when you're writing stories that um deus ex machina which Mm. is god in the machine right and so in greek plays um, they would literally like the, the hero and whoever is like in the middle of like something going on and they're in this horrible conflict and you, there's no way they could possibly get out of it, but you expect them to find a way, but they don't literally, they would bring a guy who was playing God or a God or a goddess down in a box, like floating from the top of the stage and they would, and it was God in the machine and the God or goddess would be like, boom, everything fixed and the play would end. And so in literature, we call it when someone writes a horrible ending or a cop-out ending hmm. we call it god in the machine so yeah that's why we couldn't end it like right. the person was dreaming the whole time that's a god in the machine um because it just like fixes all your problems because it was a dream like it doesn't matter but um i wanted this to end like like somebody gets stuck in the house or something or like something goes awry or they have a conversation the yeah oh. they have a conversation with like the ghost or something and something is revealed i don't know i wanted like a little bit of, like 
a little more stuff. A little bit of... Well, because it built up quite a bit. And then they were like, well, we found these people that we were expecting to find. And we're going to go walk down the stairs, not look back. And that's all. That's all. We were kind of followed. Did did you meet your goal? Is that what you wanted? I feel like that's what's missing. Like, even if you... you Well, because we didn't know from the beginning. But if the aunt was like, I got this out of it. Or like, I finally learned this about myself or the house. Or I wanted to find out something. That I'm like, okay, then I finally have like one missing piece that I get. And so even if it didn't end exactly the way I wanted to, I yeah. understand. But it's just like they went to the house, had the experience, and then left. Yeah, I don't know. But- I, I'm i like going back to the beginning and he arrives for the weekend, blah, blah, blah. But something was in the wind and the something would doubtless bear fruit for this elderly spinster aunt, obviously, like... She's kind of boring, usually. With a mania for psychical research, had brains as well as willpower, and by hook or by crook, she usually managed to accomplish her ends. The revelation was made soon after tea when she sidled close up to him as they paced slowly along the seafront in the dust. I've got the key. Yeah, so it's just like, I don't really understand her. Maybe she's just like bored all the time because she's a spinster and she lives by herself. And she's like, Mm -hmm. oh, my nephew's coming to visit. Got to entertain him. Let's go to this house. But she was the one who invited him. Yeah. (laughs) So... I'm just like, I don't know. I, I, like I said, if I was short house, I'd be like, I'm going home now. Like this is dumb. Done. Or well, you can go he he, and he I'll wait at your house while you do your haunted house thing. I'll, I'll wait here and like drink my tea. And if you need help, then I'm sorry. I was going to say call somebody. Okay, but he you had don't a have drink a phone. and he got through it. Yeah. Yeah. He poured. I also, I love how he had a flask of brandy on him. He was like, here you go. Um, Solve his own problems. Yeah. So that strong spirit. And to deal with the spirit. Uh, so you did the strong spirit to deal with the spirit. Okay, okay, okay. Um, We're yeah, done so now. I don't know. I think that's, uh, that's I mean, all I got. I, 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 it was entertaining. I'm just like <clears throat> a little like confused, but it's okay. It's it was okay. good up until the ending, but I there's a lot of times where I don't like stories ending, so it's fine. But yeah, I wanted a little more uh, little okay. more pizzazz at the end it's for, okay, but for maybe me, maybe next time we can find one that has that pizzazz yeah. at the end and maybe practice reading it so it wasn't on a painful, on but... a scale of one to um edgar Allan poe i would give it like a like a i would give it a like a six i was gonna say seven oh, okay well six seven that's because I, I haven't read a whole lot of horse but if i did i'd be like yeah this was lame but, but if you read like so this story is what like eight pages mm-hmm. pose the telltale heart is like two pages and that is one of like the best horror short stories in all of literature it's one of my favorites maybe not even two pages it's probably like a page and a half depending on the and that's all he needed dude is with eight pages the end and... fantastic well i read that one but i don't i barely remember it so i'm sure if i read it now i'm like oh yes so Poe good was like on a whole different level than Algernon or whatever his name is. Algernon so, Blackwood. Um, but it's okay. He tried. He put yeah. himself out there. He I did. Respect I respect Blackwood. I think um, I think it's good. Now I can say I've read I've read two things by him. Now there you go. There you go. That All right. Successful. That was well, well. Don't worry. You can catch us next week if you don't want to be read to. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have a different. I don't even remember what it was, but it'll be either. a whole different thing. It'll be more dialogue based with the yes. same crackhead energy. You don't have to hear us read them. You know, but just pretend like you just got a taste of like Audible. If you don't have an Audible account, you just We're got sponsored, free, but free you, can, you got free Audible. Uh, edible. You got free, free edibles. edibles. Um, mm. No, that uh, we could we we maybe we can do this more if people like it. I yeah, don't know if people like this type of thing. I like people it. People love it, especially if there's like stories that you've never heard before that aren't on Audible. We could be like Audible ratchet like yeah ratchet the, audible ratchet audible that have like the stories that audible does it doesn't host we do we could call it instead of audible it could be like hear this 
hear this. <laughs> hear this. That's all I got. All right. H E A R. Yes. Yes. Hear yes. This. Obviously. I'm sorry. I thought I had like a smart moment. You were like, Gabby, like, destroyed. I'm like, yes, dude. That's what makes sense. Uh, uh, anyway. All right. Well, anyway, follow us on uh, Instagram. We won't be reading anything there, but we posted no, something the other day. We did. So. so there's hope. There is hope. Yeah. Coming to the end of the season, there is hope for us. So we posted one thing. So that's good. Um, so yeah, follow us um, at underscore change by degrees on Instagram. And um, yeah, that's all, all we got. Places. All the places. Well, that's about mm, it. Website. Check out oh, our website. Yes. We have stuff on our website. We have to update. Our we, dude, page, we have to update that 100 okay but it's that. okay we're gonna do the things yep and you can catch us next week for change by degrees see you then bye